This podcast is brought to you by Freedom Physical Therapy Services, providing one-on-one comprehensive physical and occupational therapy services, including women's health, chronic pain treatment, TMJ, and more. With four locations in Fox Point, Grafton, Brookfield, and McGuanago, Wisconsin. More information at freedompt.com. Hi, this is Brady from the Freedom Podcast Network. Uh, I'm here with Molly Ripberg. Uh, she's a physical therapist from Freedom Physical Therapy Services, and uh, she's here today. We're just going to kind of get her story and talk about uh, some of the care that she does, and um, I think she's got a take-home point for us, so um, we'll see how it goes. So Molly, uh, <clears throat> let's just start with how did you uh, end up at Freedom? So I have been a physical therapist for 12 years, and six of them I have spent at Freedom. Um, I have worked in outpatient care uh, previously, and um, being able to work in a community that I live near, and is, it's a great way to kind of service the community. Yeah, you grew up here, correct? Yep. Yep, I grew up not too far from here, and um, it's great to be able to uh, work with um, young athletes all the way up through the aging population in the area, um, allowing them to get back to activities that they want or simple things such as turning their head to be able to drive. So it's, it's been very rewarding, and um, it's great. When you went to, to PT school, did you kind of know you wanted to be in the outpatient setting? Um, going into PT school, I didn't. And one of the great things about um, PT school and UW-Madison, where I went, um, was that they really encourage everybody, as you're starting your, your clinicals, um, to, to experience all sorts of different uh, physical therapy settings. So um, inpatient, home health, school setting, um, and then outpatient, like... Uh, freedom. And it really allows you to see the different ways that you can help people um, and then kind of make a educated decision on where you would like to end up. And um, I got to experience a lot of the different settings and outpatient was kind of my favorite. And I went that direction. Yeah, I guess for, for most of the people that don't know, physical therapy, school, is kind of very broad in general at the beginning, correct? Yes. And then uh, as you kind of get through it, your clinicals kind of shape your experiences and kind of push you towards what you're going to like, what you're not going to like, and then you end up kind of going to that field. Am I, am I right about Absolutely. that? Absolutely, yep. It really helps you. You know, you get between six and eight weeks, sometimes 12 weeks in a, in a setting, um, and you get to work along with an instructor, another uh, therapist, um, you follow them, you eventually get your own caseload with them, um, and you really get to, to see what it's like to be a treating therapist. And, you know, it, there's pros and cons to each setting, and you, you end up deciding what you like best and where you want to ultimately spend the rest of your career working. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the general population understands that aspect of the training that goes into being a PT and that it's really rigorous, especially uh, the anatomy and all of the different classes that you have to take and have the background knowledge of. Yeah. I think sometimes 
that's underestimated and they feel like uh, the, the doctors, they're the only ones that really have to have a large foundation of knowledge of the human body and um, yeah. that all goes into PT school. And then um, your specializations, just like you know, a, a surgeon would specialize in doing orthopedic work or in the heart or you know, wrist, hand, specific body part. It's kind of similar for PT where people work in outpatient, people work in inpatient, they work in nursing homes and have different skill sets accordingly. And yep. not every PT is necessarily going to be uh, similar in skill set um, depending on what you need accomplished, right? Exactly. You know, <clears throat> it's one of those things where, um, you know, most physical therapists now at least are graduating with their um, doctorate in physical therapy and it's a clinical doctorate for most of us um, but it's it's a rigorous program there's not a lot of goofing around in school um, a lot of times quite a few of the classes that um, the physical therapists are taking are in conjunction with the medical schools if they have them at at the colleges or universities that they go to um, it, it, you have to commit yourself to learning uh, the ins and outs of the body because it's not just when you come in with knee pain, it's, it's not that you're just, we're not looking at just your knee. We're looking at your ankle, we're looking at your hip, we're looking at your low back, um, we're looking at your shoulders and your neck. Um, you know, everything is connected and um, you go to school and you, you have to understand not only the muscles and but how it works and how you know one movement somewhere else can greatly affect something up or down the chain and um we're kind of the mechanics of your body of your body and you know we we have to figure out what's going wrong to be able to then correct it and fix it so that you're not gonna re-injure it down the line down the road so I want to talk a little bit more about uh, even within the orthopedic setting, um, right? In our clinic, we have like 23, 24 therapists. And even within that, that group, even though uh, I feel like all of our therapists are skilled enough to see anybody, we definitely have conditions that people come in for that differ. And some therapists are better suited than others um, to, to treat certain things. Um, and you kind of just the time of day that you end up working because you have kids, so you kind of see the middle of the day, you end up seeing uh, a little bit of the older population, correct? Yep. Um, are we talking like 55 and older? Yeah, that I would say, you know, any, well, we've seen, I'd say 55 and up. Usually we've had some fabulous 90 plus year olds, close to 100 year olds in our clinic going strong and moving. Um, it's a great population to work with. Um, the stories, the the life that people have lived, it's just fascinating. I get to hear all sorts of crazy, wonderful stories about um, when patients were younger and active. But um, the 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 one thing that I always notice between patients that are older doing well and patients that are older that are not doing well is that they stay active. And it sounds a little counterintuitive that like if you stay active, you get hurt more. Um, but it, the patients that are up and out every day um, doing small bouts of exercise 
are the ones that at 95, year, 95 years old are jumping up onto the table and can't wait to get out of here because they have, you know, water aerobics and they're walking with their friends and they got a hundred things to do. And so um, really the, the population that I'm treating, the more active that they can stay, um, the better off they are. There's an older cross country coach at one of the high schools I work with, work with. And I asked him how it is that, um, you know, how he's doing so well running, still running marathons and things like that. And he's, he always tells me that it's the stop and moving that kills you, mm-hmm. not the, uh, <laughs> not the other way around. Exactly. You know, it's, it's people think, oh, well, I'm older. I don't, I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to fall. Um, and those are all, you know, big things that I kind of on a daily basis work with my patients on. I work a lot with um, balance training, um, even just functional activities, getting up and out of a chair. As you get older, it's harder to get up out of that cushy, soft couch that you have or that fabulous chair that you've had in your house for 40 years that now has lost all of its padding and you sink down into it. So, you know, we I work on just helping people get up out of their chairs because those are things that you start to have trouble with as you get older. Your muscle mass changes. Um, and if you're not proactively strength training, it's those activities get hard. It gets hard to get in and out of a car. It gets hard to get off the couch. Um, people get fearful about going up and down the stairs. So um, on a daily basis, I'm taking my patients up and down the stairs, and we're, we're working on um, how to help them feel uh, more secure and safer in the activities that they do throughout the day. So there's there's a lot of good research um, on kind of resistance training and the benefit that it can have for all populations and in all ages. Um, but I think where it was most striking was uh, I think women that resistance trained uh, regularly have a way lower occurrence of osteoporosis as they age. Um, and there are a lot of other factors being, you know, diet, activity level, um, genetics being a big one. But I think when you, when you talk about resistance training, some people kind of like, well, I don't want to go to a, a facility where they've got a bunch of young people, uh, kind of hogging all the weights. Um, you know, I'm a little bit older, so I don't want to be heavy, back squatting or bench pressing and doing all of like the classic bodybuilding exercises. Um, so I think there's a little bit of a stigma. Is there, you know, ways that you talk to patients that are maybe hesitant to get on a regimen of, of resistance training and how it can be beneficial and that it doesn't need to be really that scary? You know, a lot of times I, I run into patients that either don't want to join a gym, don't necessarily have the time to join a gym. Um, I have retired patients that tell me that they're busier now than they were when they worked 40 hours a week. Um, So I always start with those sorts of patients just trying to incorporate um, lifting at home. So I say start with soup cans, graduate to the bigger, you know, you know, 32 ounce soup cans, Um, create ways, you know, that you can do those sorts of exercises, at least to begin with, inside your home. You can do squats, you can do um, bicep curls and tricep curls and all sorts of activities. You can do wall push-ups. There's all sorts of ways 
um, to kind of begin that strength training, um, begin that, continue that weight bearing exercise that is so important um, for the aging population, women especially, um, to be able to maintain their bone mass as they age. Do you have any recommendations for um, someone who maybe has not been uh, as persistent on a regimen or really isn't, um, doesn't have a good endurance for any kind of exercise? What's like the first step you would kind of take to, to get them going and moving? You know, usually I tell people, you know, start, start inside, start in your house. Um, I will tell people, you know, march in place, um, do things inside your house as far as, you know, lifting bags of groceries or um, starting that. I have people that are hesitant um, to walk outside because they're afraid that they're going to fall too far away from home or they're going to walk too far away from home, get tired, and then not be able to get home. I tell people, walk in your driveway. Or if you live in an apartment building, walk up and down your hallway and you know, make sure that you're making small circles and that, you know, you could, you always end up back at your front door or back at your driveway um, so that if you're tired that you can stop. Um, and as you feel better and as you start doing those sorts of things, um, you can venture out a little further. Um, going to the grocery store is a great one where you have a shopping cart. Um, you know, a lot of people tell me that they feel tired when they're shopping make it small, go pick up a few things, a couple items off your grocery list, try and push it further and take an extra loop around the grocery store. But just things that are a little bit more controlled where if you need to stop, you can stop. Um, and that, you know, especially at the grocery store, you have your grocery cart for balance. Um, but I, I tell people, you know, you just, you have to start small, you have to start somewhere. Um, there's some great programs in the community about, you know, seated exercises. And that's a great way also to get started on just back getting back into a routine of exercise where you do a lot in seated and then you slowly start to incorporate um, standing exercises. And then you move on to, um, you know, walking or other activities that are a little bit more, but um, moving in any sort of way is, is important. Um, that kind of is a nice segue into kind of a topic we were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, you had brought up that we wanted to do um, some content on incidental exercise and how that might be beneficial. And I think that's not just geared towards um, the older population. I think that's the population as a whole. Um, you always hear the studies about we're not moving, we're sitting too much at desks. Um, you know, we're guilty of it here too, even as... Uh, as you guys are PTs and I work in the, in the clinic and should be setting a better example, but um, you had been telling me about incidental exercise. And so could you explain a little bit more about that? So incidental yeah. exercise is basically just activity that you do throughout the day. Um, it's not planned. It's not um, premeditated. It's just, um, you know, parking your car a little further away from the entrance um, when you're watching TV, getting up during the commercials and walking to the bathroom or going to the kitchen, um, adding an extra flight of stairs, you know, if you go up it, go down it, and then maybe go up it again. Um, it's all the, the little 
bits of exercise that you can get done throughout the day without necessarily putting aside 15 or 30 minutes of strict exercise, but all those little extra lifts or stair climbs or um, sit to standing um, add up. And um, it can really make it a, a, an impact on your health um, just by adding those short little extra pieces um, of exercise throughout the day. Um, it also sounds like that's kind of habit building too. Um, you kind of start doing those things regularly and it becomes habit and then uh, that adds up over time. Exactly. You know, it's one of those things that I hear a lot about, you know, I just don't have time to exercise. So this incidental exercise is a great way, um, you know, even at, at, at a desk, at a desk job, you know, getting up intentionally to go deliver something instead of shooting them an email or, um, you know, even just at your desk sitting to standing, you know, you're on a conference call and taking, you know, 10 sit to stands. It's, it's just about adding just that little bit of extra into your day. And over time, that extra adds up. Yeah, I feel like it'd be, it's easier to sometimes set a timer for yourself, you know, get up, go get a water, go to the bathroom, yep. do whatever you have to do. Yep. Um, you know, there, there are exercises I guess you could do too, that are pretty simple that won't make you look too weird at your desk. No, no. And you know what? If you start it, sometimes people kind of think, what is, what is the, what are they doing? And then you um, maybe can start something in within your office of trying to get everybody to be more active and you can be a trendsetter. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the standing desks? It's kind of slowly more getting more incorporated into corporate you know, yep. people are, companies are offering to give you a standing desk sometimes. Yep. You know, I think for some, they're right for some people. Some people um, have told me that, you know, they're just, they're, it's too hard, that their knees hurt or, you know, it just, their body can't handle standing. Um, but then again, I encourage them to get up multiple times throughout the day. Um, standing desks is something that you actually have to kind of work your body up to. It's not something that you can put your standing desk in your office and the next day stand for eight to 10 hours. Your body's going to be sore. It's not used to standing for that long. Um, but I think it's a great way um, to hopefully keep people um, out of poor postures for um, that extended workday. This podcast is brought to you by Freedom Physical Therapy Services, providing exceptional one-to-one -one hands-on care to the greater Milwaukee area for over 25 years. Our physical and occupational therapists prepare custom plans for your condition to relieve pain and improve performance. Allow us to help you enjoy more freedom at freedompt.com. As a, as a PT clinic, um, we're always kind of trying to figure out what the next best thing is. Our owner, Mike Karagenis, is always about um, kind of what's the latest and greatest treatment techniques. How can we train our therapists to kind of be on the cutting edge of things? Um, 
I want to talk a little bit about kind of where PT is right now and where you think, you know, the, the practice is going in terms of um, there's a lot of outside pressure from uh, bigger healthcare corporations um, to push you towards a certain kind of care. Um, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the, the therapy industry. Um, what do you think about, um, what, what are the biggest misconceptions you see kind of from the general population on physical therapy and like how helpful it is versus is it kind of baloney, that kind of thing? You know, I think that there are a lot of misconceptions about therapy, um, the biggest one is that you have to be injured to be able to come to therapy. And that um, is something that I think as a whole we need to address because um, not only do we help people that are injured, but we also know the body well enough to help tweak movements um, to prevent injury, to prevent um, long-term issues. Um, I think that, you know, going forward, um, it's important for people to realize that we can help them um, just feel better. It's, it's not just, um, physical therapy isn't just for athletes. Um, we see um, people that have um, vertigo. We see people that have... Um, pain during pregnant, carrying uh, babies during pregnancy. Um, and I think like the biggest thing that we can do as providers is um, give our patient population the tools to be able to um, move better, feel better, and um, Just get active. Yeah, so I, I kind of see that um, when, when you kind of have someone who's not that active and they are kind of hesitant to start exercising again, and it's kind of like a vicious cycle of, well, I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily. I'm not feeling pain in one place, but I don't really know where to start, and my body doesn't feel great and it doesn't feel like it can stand up to a regular exercise routine. Um, and I kind of feel like I talk to people and they kind of give me that answer as to like, well, that's why I'm not active. Like I, this is, you know, my family, like, you know, family, just family members. It's like, oh, I'm just don't feel it today, whatever. I feel like that's, that's where people can utilize physical therapy. Um, and they can get it covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a matter of, of talking to your doctor and talking to your therapist um, and figuring out where they can address your issues um, and kind of get you back into, help you get back and, and program you back into being able to do more of the things that you like. You know, and I think that, you know, physical therapists can... Um, really make improvements in your posture, in your movements, and that 
you know, it's a small tweak sometimes as far as um, just a small stretch or a small something exercise that um, may be it, that may just be the little piece that's missing that may make you feel better enough to start moving. And once you start moving, most of the time things start to feel better, but it's that, that breaking that kind of cycle of um, being afraid to move um, and realizing then once you start to move that, hey, it feels better, I can do this. But it's, it's having someone to kind of hold your hand through it. And that's a lot of times what we do is we, we help work on your body parts, but we also can hold your hand and let you know that, you know, you're doing it correctly, you're doing it right, and, you know, to keep at it and that, you know, we're not miracle workers. Sometimes it takes, you know, more than a couple sessions to get you feeling better, stretched out enough that you feel better, but um, we're there to support you and to get you doing what you want. And, you know, a lot of times you have, especially in the geriatric, older adult population, there's children, adult children that want their parents to move like they used to. Um, and I always kind of have that conversation with those patients and say, what do you want to do? You know, your kids want you to be able to walk and swim and run and bike. And, but what makes you want to move? You know, is, if it's gardening or um, playing golf or, you know, some of those activities, it's, you have to find what motivates you to get up and move again. We, we had a, a retired couple in Grafton. Um, I was helping out when I was aiding, and uh, they would always come in every year for, it would be like a month and a half before they would go south for the winter. And it was, all, it was always something different. It was always like, you know, my, my knees are sore this year, or it was, you know, my, my, shoulder, my shoulder on my swinging arm for my pickleball <laughs> uh, racket is, uh, is sore. I'm not completely injured, but it's sore. And they would, they would both come in and get whatever they wanted tweaked before they went down Yep. To, to Florida for the year so that they could kind of enjoy the warm weather and, you know, avoid the Wisconsin winter. Yeah. And I mean, I, I tell people why fight your body? I mean, we're, we went to school to be able to fix your body and, you know, come in and let us tweak it. Let's get your shoulder feeling better, better, your hip feeling better so that you can go out and enjoy pickleball or golf or tennis or gardening or, you know, anything. There's no reason that you need to suffer in pain. Um, it's just not worth it. You may as well enjoy what you get to do. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's awesome. And that's, uh, we, we kind of want to get that, that message out. Um, so thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us a little insight into your day-to-day -day and your thoughts on kind of where the, the practice is going. Yeah, my pleasure.
This podcast is brought to you by Freedom Physical Therapy Services, an independent provider of comprehensive physical and occupational services. No matter how challenging your issues, if other treatments have failed, we are determined to help you heal, starting with the very first visit. Four convenient locations in the Milwaukee area. More information at freedompt.com.